Here at Miss Teacher Mom, we recognize the great privilege and responsibility that we have as parents to educate our children. Beyond math and phonics, this also includes building their characters, molding their hearts, and reaching their souls. A burden too big to carry on our own. We sense the call to missional motherhood, but we could use some help from those who have more experience and wisdom than us. So we're calling upon some wonderful godly women and men to encourage and equip us as we seek to raise our kids with eternity in mind. Good morning, ladies. Today I have the absolute privilege of talking to Nancy Wilson. Nancy and Douglas Wilson have been married for 45 years. They have three kids and 17 grandbabies. I have been super encouraged by both of their ministries, but I've especially been blessed and encouraged by Nancy Wilson's ministry. Um, You may have heard of the Femina podcast, which we'll chat about again throughout the episode, but she's also written several books. My most recent favorite was the book called Virtuous, so I definitely encourage you to read all of her books. Nancy, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you for inviting me. This is sweet. Yeah. So I asked if you could chat with us today about family culture. I had never heard of the concept before until you spoke about creating a family culture on your podcast, even though I'm sure it's not new. Can you explain your heart behind encouraging moms to intentionally create a family culture in our homes? Of course. Well, the first thing is culture is inescapable. So if you have a home, it's going to have a culture there. If there are people in it or an office has a culture or a business, a school, you know, even uh, your bedroom probably has a culture in it. Okay. Mm. So it's, it's hard to define, but of course a family culture is something we as parents want to shape before the Lord. And we want, of course, to bring our children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So that's the overarching culture we want, right? Absolutely. Um, And then with every individual being so different, with different different stories, different paths, different grandparents, uh, different gifts, abilities, you know, so each family will bring their own strengths and weaknesses into the home they're trying to build. So each husband, each wife. You know, here they are, they're coming in with their trowel and their bricks, and they're going to try to build something. And some have more imagination, some have more resources, you know, so it just, uh, it's going to vary. But we were deliberate and intentional in different ways. Like I said, we wanted absolutely to bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That was our, that was our main goal. But then what does that look like? You know, how do we put flesh that out in our family. So when we were having our children, we were not thinking about culture. This is something we realized later. And so, you know, as you're going along by faith, trusting the Lord, he brings things to light. Like, oh my goodness, our kids all love reading. Well, we did do that on purpose. <laughs> but Or, our, you know, just different strengths that came out. They're all writers. What do you know? Yes. And we were pretty intentional about that too. But, but I would say for me as the mom, I may not have been thinking about family culture, but I remember thinking, I want a dad-centered home. You know, obviously God-centered first, but then as we're fleshing it out, I wanted it to be Doug-centered, dad-centered. And so I was intentional about that for sure. 
I would love to encourage my listeners to check out your podcast, The Femina Podcast, for your episode on family culture as well as your other episodes. I've been literally blessed by every single episode that you've posted. I'm so glad. Yeah. It's, It's been wonderful. I'd love it if you can share a few necessary components. You talked about you not really knowing that you were creating a family culture until you looked back in hindsight, but then you also mentioned how intentionality did play a role yes, in the makeup of, of the your above. family. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And seeing that we're Christian families, I feel like there should be a distinct flavor of the aroma of Christ. Yes. And yes. I'd love it if you can just sure. share some necessary components of a thriving, God's glorifying right. family culture. The first thing uh, we did was when Becca, our firstborn, was maybe two-ish around there. I remember saying, Doug, I cannot see sending her to public school for unbelievers to teach her. Like, here's our daughter. Now tell her everything. Mm. (laughs) Teach her, please. And he said, don't worry. We'll have a Christian school started by by her kindergarten year. So he got to work on putting together a Christian school. He started right away. And so that was a very big piece of, you know, the family culture. That's one of the big components, I think, is Christian education, however it is you're doing it. The other thing we were intentional about was not having a lot of rules at home, okay? Mm -hmm. That Doug would always refer to the Garden of Eden. There were all these beautiful trees and only one forbidden. And so we really wanted our home to be like that, that there were so many yeses and very few no's. There was more than one no, (laughs) but few knows and so we we wanted it to be a lively happy place with this and by liturgy I just mean this is how we do it this is this is the like like clockwork like every night after dinner Doug reading out loud to the kids things like that it was a liturgy it's like what they came to expect and love and then Saturdays, he took him for a date and then, you know, just took the kids off for a couple hours. Uh, of course, weekly worship was a very important feature in our home. Songs at bedtime, dad would bring his guitar in. But that's where I say each family brings their own gifts and strengths. Yeah. Not everybody plays the guitar and can make up silly songs like my husband can. Or like the way you celebrate birthdays and and I was making homemade bread and canning. And that's part of our family culture. It was all those cans of pears, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just that dinner every night, sitting around the table. And that became, as the kids got older, it was the place where we, we talked through the day. Mm-hmm. And as they got older, really, we could be at the table for so long, for a couple of hours, just talking. So the components, what I'm saying, will be, education, uh, your discipline, your rules, and then all those things you add. Like we did jammy rides, and I've mentioned this many times over the years. I don't know whose idea it was, mine or Doug's, but we put the kids to bed, and when and they're little, of course, during, it's like not when they're teenagers, <laughs> but we would Doug would yell, jammy ride, and they'd all come running out in their jammies, and we'd pile them in the back of the car, and we'd go get ice cream, or go see grandma and grandpa, or, you know, we just, we had a lot of fun together. Mm -hmm. So, jammy rides are part of our family story. 
the other thing is it wasn't until our, our daughter was engaged. So she was 20. Doug said, I want to start a Sabbath dinner the night before the Lord's Day because he's a minister. Having a big dinner Sunday after church isn't always strategic for us. Mm. So we started this Sabbath dinner. So it was his idea, his vision, and I was all for it. So we started, there were six of us, including uh, Ben, my daughter's fiance. And now, so many years later, we are still having Sabbath dinner. And there are 25 of us. And then when you add in all the, my in-law children's relatives who live here, it's, you know, it's usually around 40 or, and then guests. So sometimes it's 50. So God did more with that than we ever expected. As far as knitting us together, and of course, it would have been fabulous if we'd started sooner, but it never occurred to us. So a culture is changing. It's dynamic. It's not static. And God will lead you to do things with your family that will end up being far more important than you realize because you're just walking by faith. You're taking the next step and your God is blessing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm so encouraged to hear everything you're sharing. And I do have a couple off the cuff questions that I hope you don't mind me asking. Not at all. Rachel had mentioned in the episode I did with her how some parents always lean towards whatever's the minimal amount of effort. And I I hear what you're talking about these extra, well, these just wonderful Sabbath dinners where you're having tons of people. You also talked about canning and making bread and your husband reading to the kids, you guys clearly intentionally work hard for the good of your family. And I would love it if you could just talk about that for a moment, that tension between mankind's desire to do whatever takes the minimal amount of effort versus how our work and effort for the good of our family really is the right call or has eternal value. Yes, and it it bears fruit, obviously. Um, So, of course, it's a lot of work. (laughs) And I I guess I've always enjoyed domesticity. And more and more, as the years have gone by, I never thought when I got married, it was just going to be sit around. I never thought that. And being a Christian, of course, I wanted... To glorify God in my home. And so domesticity, as far as making a home that people want to come into, is really important. And how it smells, I care about that, how it looks, and how what I'm feeding people, you know, all these things take a lot of work. And I go to bed tired every night. And I think that's not a sin. (laughs) Being tired is not a sin. And when your kids are little, you're exhausted. Or when you're pregnant, you're exhausted. And But there's no better work on earth. And there's no other work I would rather be doing. Work is what we're made for. And so my husband works out of the home. And he brings home a paycheck. And the way he describes it, and I love the way, so I'm just going to quote him. He brings a paycheck to me, and I glorify it. I turn it into dinner or new furniture or pretty new tablecloths or a wonderful meal. You know, I transform the paycheck into something else by God's grace. 
And I love what I do, and that's what I was made for. Mm -hmm. So if the wife is the crown and the glory of her husband, then domesticity is the, what sparkles. Mm. Yeah, and it just sounds like regarding family culture, the work in the home is part of that family culture. Absolutely. Yes. There's a wonderful scripture that says, with God, I can scale a wall. <laughs> and I think of a city wall. And I'd say, okay, Lord, I'm just going to get up a running start. Here I go. You'll have to get me over it. And of course, he would. And he did. So yes, the work is part of the joy of it and part of the fruit of it. It's, we didn't just order out every week and we didn't use paper plates every week. We did sometimes, especially in the summer outside. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't about being fine crystal in China. It was about all of us being together and sitting down and singing a song together and enjoying a meal together. Yeah. And it sounds like your heart was really the effort it's going to take to do these things is worth it for my, it is. like, I'm not always going to take the easy way out because that's not going to produce the memories and the trust and the bonds that you're going to build with your kids. Like you do when you put in the effort of the pajama nights and the reading together. Whereas in our culture, it would be much easier to give them a screen to look at oh, yes. and oh, yeah. send them a way to do their own thing. But yep. putting in that effort and deciding my children are worth this effort and our intentionality in creating a family culture that brings us together is worth that exhaustion that comes at the end of the night. Correct. Amen. Yeah. So I have another quick question because I'm, I'm thinking our listeners might wonder because I did as well. Is there any way you could briefly describe what you mean by dad-centered family? Oh, sure. By dad-centered, I mean Doug is the driving engine. He has the vision for our family. So when I suggested the school, he was already ahead of me and said, don't worry. I'll get it done. So I was the cheerleader helping him get there. And when he suggested Sabbath, that was his vision. And so I was like, yes, I will. Yes, I will, you know, support you in that and I'll help make it happen. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, having the kids say, well, let's talk to your dad about that tonight. Let's ask your dad what he thinks of this, you know, and um, deferring to him, looking to him. He was a, he's the head of the family. He sat at the head of the table, but just deferring to him, looking up to him, respecting him, reminding the kids of how blessed they were to have dad like that, that we looked forward to when dad got home because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't at home all day. We prepared for him. We were excited to see him. You know, it was just, that's what I mean by dad center. Okay. Not that he came in and thumped his chest and ordered anybody around. <laughs> no, Far from it. <laughs> Does that help? Yes, absolutely. Okay. No, I think that's great. You painted a really clear, beautiful picture. So I wanted to close by asking if you have any wor other words of wisdom or encouragement that you'd like to share with, uh, with moms who are seeking to raise our kids with eternity in mind. Okay. Let's see. One thing I would say, moms, is don't be sentimental about your kids, all right? You want to be tender-hearted but hard-headed, and you have to bring them up 
to be faithful Christians. So that means you don't mollycoddle them, but it also means you're not a mama bear either, where you're fighting all their battles for them. Um, you want to look forward to their maturity and not be grieving at every birthday. <laughs> um, you want your sons to grow up to be stand-up men who are dragon slayers. That's what we call it here. You know, we want men who will grow up to be dragon slayers, not wimpy guys. We don't need wimpy guys at this time, do we? Um, and we want our daughters to be courageous and virtuous women, like Psalm 144, their columns in a palace. Okay, they are, they are good support. They bear a lot of responsibility. They carry a lot of weight. And so don't be sentimental about your kids. And then remember, for all your spiritual standards, like don't squabble, no squabbling, you're the example. So don't have too many rules um, and make sure you're setting an example. You don't squabble with your kids. You don't chew them out. Uh, or if you do, you seek their forgiveness. Please forgive me for losing my temper or please forgive me for being impatient and seek their forgiveness show them what that looks like and then remember that weird verse in the old testament about don't boil the kid in the mother's milk home is mother's milk it should not be a pot boiling on the stove okay it's if if home is a regimen where everybody has to be constantly diligent not to offend or break a rule or uh, it's boiling your kid in, in what should be mother's milk sustaining giving life nourishing that's what the home is for and bad attitudes uh, allowing bad attitudes either from the parents or the kids and making a foul smell in the house that's like not pleasing to God at all of course and it's, it's really souring the flavor of, of the milk, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So don't boil your kid in a bunch of rules and expectations and bless them. Be a source of sustenance and joy for them. That is such a sweet and helpful way to end this episode on creating a family culture. I think the illustration you just gave is the perfect way to end. So I just want to thank you so much for your time. And I want to remind our listeners to check out the Femina podcast. Um, she has an episode on family culture where she talks about even more components to a thriving family home. So I would really admonish you to listen to that. And Nancy, I want to thank you so much for your time today and for your ministry that has blessed so many women who are seeking to glorify the Lord in their lives and with their families, including well, me. So thank you. you. Thank you so much and blessings to all of you. I hope that today's episode has encouraged and equipped you to raise your children with eternity in mind. And remember, we are not doing this alone. As Christians, God wills us to will and to work for His good pleasure. We are trusting in the finished work of Christ, and we're empowered by His Holy Spirit. If this episode has been helpful to you, could you please write a review for other moms and share this podcast with your friends? For more information and the show notes, check out MissTeacherMom.com. And please join us next week for the Miss Teacher Mom podcast.